0: have a, a very serious topic before us this morning, but I wanted to start out reassuring you about my heart of where we're going, okay? We are going to be talking about the scourging of Jesus. And I am going to spend the absolute minimum amount of time talking about the cruelty and brutality of that event. I'm going to spend the maximum amount of time on the beauty of the man, Jesus, okay? So I just want to let you know that this morning. um, Yeah, as we dive into the scriptures, I just want to let you know that that's where we're going, okay? So even though we're addressing a very horrible thing, there's beauty. There's beauty that's coming at the end. So just hang in there with me, okay? Um, I'm going to be... Reading from the New King James, which I understand we do not have back there. So um, what will be projected up here will be ESV. um, But if you want to turn your devices to New King James, if you have that option, you might want to do that. Um, The first scripture that we're going to look at is Luke 18. This was a prophetic word that Jesus gave about what was to come, what was going to happen to him. And he had he had spoken to the disciples earlier um, on several occasions about what was gonna transpire, but this is a very, uh, what do I wanna say, a very in-depth description of what is about to happen. We're gonna be reading Luke 18, beginning in verse 31. And he took the twelve aside and said to them, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and all things that were written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man will be accomplished. I'd like you to put a pin in that. All the things written by the prophets. Okay, we're going to circle back to that. For he, meaning Jesus, will be delivered to the Gentiles and will be mocked and insulted and spit upon. They will scourge him and kill him and on the third day he will rise again. All of those statements, all of those statements were prophesied, would occur. They're all of significance in one way or another. The fact that he would be delivered to the Gentiles, you realize if the Jews had been able to execute him, they would have stoned him. That was the Jewish method of execution. He was going to be crucified. That was a Roman thing. That was a Roman execution method. So it had to be, all of these things had to be, they all had to happen. As much as we don't like (laughs) what this represents, All of this had to happen to fulfill the scriptures. There is an importance in the scourging of Jesus, and that's what we're gonna explore today. Jesus also prophesied about what was going to happen when he was in the upper room having his last Passover meal with his disciples. Um, um, Paul's account of that, he said, my body which is broken for you. Remember when he gave him the bread, he said, this is my body which is broken for you. And in Luke's account, he says, my body which is given for you. Okay, so there's a sense in which the body of Jesus was going to be broken, the body of Jesus was going to be given for us for the disciples that he was speaking to at that time, and for us, by extension, as believers in God. So, we're going to look at the actual account in the scriptures. We're going to look at Mark 15, Mark's gospel, his account of what happened on that fateful day. And again, hang in there with me. I know this is not a pleasant subject Mark 15, we're going to start with verse 9. Mark 15, 9. But Pilate answered them, saying, Do you want me to release to you the king of the Jews? For he knew that the chief priests had handed him over because of envy. But the chief priests stirred up the crowd so that he should rather release Barabbas to them. Pilate answered and said to them again, what then do you want me to do with him whom you call the king of the jews so they cried out again crucify him then pilate said to them why what evil has he done but they cried out all the more crucify him so pilate wanting to gratify the crowd released barabbas to them and he delivered jesus to be scourged and him to be crucified Sorry. Then the soldiers led him away into the hall called the Praetorium. They called together the whole garrison. They clothed him with purple. They twisted a crown of thorns and put it on his head and began to salute him. Hail, king of the Jews. Then they struck him on the head with a reed and spat on him. Bowing the knee, they worshipped him. And when they had mocked him, they took the purple off him and put his own clothes on him and led him out to be crucified. Then they compelled a certain man, Simon, a Cyrenian, the father of Alexander and Rufus, as he was coming out of the country and passing by to bear his cross. So just so you know, uh, the Roman scourging was absolutely cruel and brutal It was designed, the Roman scourge was designed not just to whip somebody, but to actually tear them open, cut them open. And Jesus would have endured having his skin, his flesh, his muscles torn and cut by this Roman scourging. Reading between the lines, you can understand, here's this man, and by the way, pay attention to this. This is a man that is suffering these things. Yes, he is God, but he was a man. He was in the prime of his life, he was in his early 30s probably, strong, vital, uh, used to walking and camping outdoors, and so he was probably in pretty good shape. But after enduring this, when it came time, for him to carry his cross out to Golgotha to be crucified, he was not able to do it. They had to get somebody from the crowd to carry his cross for him. He was that debilitated, okay? You get the idea. I'm not going to say any more about that. All right, let's circle back, okay? Remember, Jesus said that all that was written by the prophets needed to be fulfilled. Even this scourging needed to be fulfilled. Begs the question, why? Why was this so important? There's, oh gosh, I don't even know how many, Marvin, maybe you know how many messianic prophecies there are in the Old Testament. I mean, 300, yeah, about 300. Um, anywhere from where he was going to be born (laughs) to many things about his life and where he was going to die and how he was going to die and all of this stuff was prophesied well beforehand. We're going to be looking at a prophecy in Isaiah. Isaiah was probably written 700 to 750 years before Jesus was even born. Okay, God was laying out, this is my plan, this is what is going to happen. So, we're going to look at one of those prophecies. We're going to look at Isaiah 53. And I just want you to know that um, this particular prophecy, Jesus actually identified himself with this prophecy. He said, I'm this guy, okay? Uh, I, I want you to look at it just because I want you to be reassured that this is actually talking about Jesus. Um, it's Luke 22, verse 37. Uh, Jesus, Luke 22, 22, verse 37, for I say to you that this, that which is written must be accomplished in me. And this is the, his quote, and he was numbered with the transgressors. That is a direct quote from Isaiah 53, from that prophetic word. For the things concerning me have an end. So this passage that we are going to look about at, has always been understood, even by the Jews, to be about the Messiah, the coming Messiah. And there are things about it that they couldn't explain why it would be in there, but they they did understand that it was about the Messiah, and Jesus himself said, yes, this is about me, okay? So let's turn to Isaiah 53. Okay, so um, we're going to start in, let's see, let's start in verse 4, yep, and I'm trying to see what this this version says. Okay, we'll we'll read it from this version, and then we'll also take a look at it in the New King James. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted Yet he opened not his mouth, like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, like a sheep that is before its shears is silent, so he opened not his mouth. By oppression and judgment he was taken away, and as for his generation, who considered that he was cut off out of the land of the living, stricken for the transgression of my people? And they made his grave with the wicked and with a rich man in his death By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many to be accounted righteous, and he shall bear their iniquities. And one more verse. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the many, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered with the transgressors. That's the verse that Jesus quoted. He was numbered with the transgressors. Yet he bore the sin of many and makes intercession for the transgressors. So Marvin, if you could go back to verse 4. I want to, I want to do some um, definitions. And, and yes, I am not a Greek scholar or a Hebrew scholar, but I can look things up. (laughs) Okay. And so I am relying on um, Strong's dictionary for Hebrew and for Greek. So, this phrase, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. So, the first word there, the griefs, he has borne our griefs. Now, the definition that Strong's gives for that is um, sicknesses, maladies, diseases, or griefs. Okay? Now, when the translators pose, the word griefs, um, it could have been translated sicknesses or diseases or maladies. Okay, this, and come back to verse 4. Oh, okay, where can we go? And carried our sorrows. That word sorrows can mean pains, afflictions, or sorrows. Okay, um, continue, let's see where he would say he was wounded for our transgressions. If you could just drop down. Okay, so this says he was pierced for our transgressions. My New King James says he was wounded. Um, The word actually, this is better, pierced. It means pierced through, okay? Um, And then what it says, bruised. Uh, Let's see. Oh, and this one says he was crushed for our iniquities. Um, my translation called it bruised for our, our iniquities. Um, the word actually means beaten to pieces, broken to pieces, or beaten to pieces. And then dropped down, oh, by his wounds we are healed. That word wounds, um, some translations say, call it stripes, and the actual definition is blows that cut him. Okay. And then by his wounds we are healed. That word healed means mended, cured, made whole, or healed. Okay. So um, yeah, Marvin, if you could put up, I've just replaced those words in, in the translation for you so that you can read it all together. Surely he has borne our sicknesses and carried our pains. Yet we esteemed him stricken, struck down by God and afflicted. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was beaten to pieces for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by the blows that cut him, we are healed and made whole. Now, I know what you're thinking, maybe what you're thinking. How do we know that that's the right way to interpret those words? How do we know that maybe the New King James translators had it right and that this is not the correct words to put in this this verse, okay? In this case, we have, a valuable checkpoint on this, we can use scripture to help us to know the right answer to that. Did you know that this scripture is quoted this way? Surely he has borne our sicknesses. Did you know that's in the Bible? Yeah, it is. We're going to turn to Matthew 8. Matthew 8, beginning in verse 16. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were sick. By the way, don't let that slide past you. He healed... What percentage of the people that were brought to him? 5%, 50%, all, everybody but the sinful ones. Everybody. Everybody. This is not the only place in scripture where it says he did that, where he healed everybody that was brought to him. Everybody. He healed everybody who came to him and sought him for healing. He healed Everybody, okay? Don't let that escape your notice here because it's important. And he cast out the spirits with the word and healed all who were sick that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet saying he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. So Matthew, by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, is connecting up what he is watching with his eyes as all these people are brought to Jesus that are afflicted by demons and are sick and diseased and hurt. And Jesus is healing every one of them. And Matthew is watching this and he says, this is Isaiah 53. (laughs) He's drawing us right back. This is what was prophesied about this man, that he would heal our sicknesses that he would carry our diseases. So Isaiah 53 causes us to have to ask a question. I mean, how is this to be understood? Is healing, divine healing, does it happen just strictly out of the mercy of God, the compassion of God that he chooses individuals and says I'm going to have mercy on them I'm going to heal them I'm going to restore them is that the way divine healing works or was divine healing part of the atonement of what happened on the cross what Jesus did on the cross for us and it's for everybody and yes it's God's mercy but it's God's mercy poured out to everybody Everybody, anybody who would grab a hold of that by faith and say, that's me, <laughs> you know, anybody can have this. It isn't. It becomes not a situation where you're trying to decide how to be worthy of God having mercy on you. Or some people make the decision that I'm not worthy and so I can't ask God to heal me. You know, I still have sin in my life. I still have things that I'm not doing right. I still have things that I should be doing and I'm not doing yet. And how can I ask God to have mercy on me? How can I ask him to heal me? If it depends on us, okay, do you see what I'm saying? If it depends on us, then we have this dilemma. Because how can you have confidence if it depends on us? How can I have confidence to pray for you if it depends on you? (laughs) Because I know you're not perfect, okay? But this is what I'm trying to say to you. That isn't where our confidence lies. This is all about what Jesus did. It's about what Jesus did. Oh, the beauty of this man. All right. So, let's back things up. You all know the story of Genesis. You know about Adam and Eve in the garden. Everything is going swimmingly. There is no death. There is no disease. There's perfect communion with God. God says this can continue on forever. There's only one thing that could have disrupt it, is if you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so what happens is the enemy shows up and said, you're not going to die if you eat this (laughs) tree. Because that's what God told him. He said, on the day you eat it, you will surely die. And the devil says, you won't die. True. And Adam and Eve decide to give their allegiance to the enemy instead of their allegiance to God. And so, sin enters the world. Well, we all know that spiritual death happened on that day. They didn't drop dead in their tracks, but spiritual death happened right at that point. Um, They were separated from God. But I want to say something to you. I think physical death began on that day as well. They began their slow march. Now, they lived a long time, but eventually they died. And every other human being since then has done the same thing. That's when people began to age, you know, when you're getting older, Your eyesight's not as good, your hearing's not as good, get arthritis in your joints, you know, I mean, you're, you start to deteriorate, right? That happens to everybody. You live long enough, it's going to happen to you too, right? You know, that's what everybody will say to you. I'm just getting old, just getting old. But also disease and sickness began to happen. Um, People got sick. Women died when they were given birth to their children. There was genetic diseases. People were born with birth defects. We had genetic problems where people were born with genetic diseases that they succumbed to and eventually killed them. That's not even talking about the afflictions of the enemy because, you know, the Bible is pretty clear that the enemy can afflict people with sickness and disease. And we had given him permission. (laughs) Sad to say, but true. Uh, There began to be human beings hurting one another. Began to be wars, assaults, people got injured. That's our story up until right now, present time. That's the world we live in. You know, there's chemicals in the environment. There's radiation (laughs) in the atmosphere. People get cancer, exposed to carcinogens. They don't even know it. That's the corrupted, marred world that we live in. And it's all we've ever known. So we think, well, it's life. You know, it's just life. Life is hard. Life is hard sometimes. You ever heard somebody say that? I've said that before. Life is hard sometimes. You know, babies get sick, babies get cancer and die. Life is hard sometimes. Okay? We kind of shrudge. We kind of have resigned ourselves to it. We kind of accept it. It's just, just the way things are, right? Just the way things are. But what if they don't have to be that way? What if You are alive on this earth right now because you're supposed to be bringing a different message. What if you're supposed to be preaching a gospel that says, no, this doesn't have to be? Because that's the way I look at it, is when Jesus came, when he was scourged, when he died, he was saying, I don't accept that. (laughs) This is not okay with me. And I'm going to do something about it. The ravages of sin that create spiritual death, I'm gonna atone for. The ravages of sin that create sickness and disease and corruption in the earth, I'm gonna atone for that. That was a monumental thing that he did for us. And it's important that we realize the truth of that, because if we don't, we just go along saying, well, life is hard, life is hard. Maybe we pray for a few people, but we don't have any real confidence, a real faith that God might actually move and God might actually do something. Um, We get locked into this mindset that we're stuck. But if we're not stuck, what is possible? What is possible this side of heaven? Now I know there's going to be one day when it's all going to be made right. It's all going to be made right. And we're not living in that day yet. Um, but what is possible? I want to know what is possible today. <laughs> right here in Lansing, Michigan, what, what would God do? What is possible? What could planet Earth look like? if the people of God really believed that it was true, that Jesus had atoned for the ravages of sin, for our rebellion that brought sickness and disease into the world. I just want to share one more story with you because I I just read this yesterday and I was like, Jesus, you are so amazing. Uh, I want us to turn to Luke thirteen. Thirteen, Luke thirteen. And I got to figure out where the verse starts. Give me a second, Marvin. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay, beginning in verse 10. Luke 13, beginning in verse 10. Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years. Underline that in your Bible 18 years. She was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. She couldn't straighten up, okay? When Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, okay, I want you to notice, did this woman ask for healing? Jesus is just looking and he sees this woman. He goes, oh, I'm going to do something about that. (laughs) This is not going to stand, right? He calls her to him and he says, woman, you are loosed. From your infirmity and he laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God but okay but the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath and he said to the crowd there are six days on which men ought to work therefore come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath day. The Lord then answered him and said, Hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath lose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? So ought not this woman being a daughter of Abraham whom Satan has bound, and then my Bible says, think of it. I don't know what does the ESV say. Ah, oh. well, mine says, think of it for 18 years. Shouldn't she be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath? I, I don't know. I just I'm just imagining Jesus looking at the state of the world and saying, think about it. <laughs> Shouldn't this be different? Shouldn't it look different than what it looks right now? Come on. Come on. This is not it. This is not the way life is supposed to be on planet Earth. And I came to do something about that. And all I require from you is that you just let your heart go there. Let your heart go there. The same way we appropriate forgiveness of sins by faith, right? By faith. How do we appropriate healing of disease? By faith. By faith. It's it's just that simple. It's not a, you got to measure up, you got to (laughs) do, you got to have no sin in your life, you got to be a perfect person, and then maybe God will say, yeah, I'll heal that one. Are you following me? Are you with me? Okay, so what I really want us to take away from this is our eyes are not on us. It's not on me. It's not on my neighbors. It's not on my friends, my family. It's not on them. My eyes are on Jesus. My eyes are on Jesus. And you you know I'm up here. I'm doing the prayer ministry. That's one of the things I just love to do. Let me get a chance to pray for you. I don't want to pray for you, okay? But here's the thing. I don't always have success. Um, probably not even 50% of the time when I pray for somebody do they get healed. But I tell you what, I am not quitting. <laughs> and here's the reason why is because there's there's probably oh gosh, I don't know how many things that I don't know about how to minister healing, okay? I, I'll just say that up front. There's probably lots and lots of things that I don't really understand yet, don't have understanding. but I do know this one thing. It doesn't depend on me. <laughs> it doesn't depend on the person that I'm praying for. I'm bringing Jesus into it, okay? I'm bringing Jesus into it. I'm saying, Jesus, you did this for this person, okay? That's how I'm praying. That's where I'm going from, And I believe that he has given us that authority that we can pray for people and we can see in his authority, we can see it happen right here on the earth, right here on the earth. You know, Jesus said, you can pray on earth as it is in heaven. And man, I'm going to do that all the days of my life. (laughs) I'm going to be seeking for it to be on earth as it is in heaven because I think he has given us that. He has given us that. And if we can just get past ourselves, okay, sorry, I'm speaking to myself. I'm, I'm, I'm preaching to myself. If we can just get past ourselves and see this man, oh, see this man, oh, my gosh, the beauty of this man. All right, can we stand together? I want to pray for us. Oh Jesus, we love you. We love you. We love you. Oh the depths of your love for us. We we just have no idea, Jesus. I ask for revelation to come into our hearts even this morning, even right now at this moment. God, I just pray for all of those who are still in the battle <laughs> with disease in a battle with pain, God, I just, I want to stand with them. Just bring them before you this morning, God. All of us here. Oh, yeah, God, all of us here, all of us who are trying to stand in a place of intercession for a loved one, for a friend who is is vitally ill, God, all those who are trying to to walk in faith and, and to grab a hold of you, God, I just ask for your help. I ask for your help for all of us. God, we need to have broken off of us the mindsets that we have carried ever since we were little bitty kids. Oh, God. We just pray for that outpouring that outpouring of revelation in the knowledge of Jesus. We pray for that for this church. We pray for that for this city, God. We just pray for that outpouring because we know when we see you, Jesus, when we see you, it changes everything. So God, I'm I'm just asking for us that you would take us to that next place that you have for us that all that unbelief that is attached to us would be broken off of us in your name Jesus by your authority that you would push the enemy back where he has infiltrated our thinking and made us to think that you are anything less than good that we are anything less than righteous in your eyes. God, would you just push the enemy back? And God, I'm asking that we would see healing break forth in our midst in just an unprecedented way. If you agree with that, you can say amen.